Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Today, this episode kicks off Season 5 of Do You Agree, the sports talk show. It's been a long time since we've been on the mic. I'm your host, Colin Spiker, joined by my two guests today, Griffin Lee and Jack O'Connell. Griff, OC, how we doing, fellas? Doing well, doing, doing well. well. Excited to be here. Yeah, it's, uh, it's good to be back on the mic. It's been way too long since I was able to talk sports with a couple of my boys, so... It's good to be back. Obviously, missing uh, my co-host Jason Hoffman today, but he's working his ass off down in Charlotte. So we're going to f- switch up the format a little bit, folks. Uh, you know, we are now uh, OC is finishing up, getting ready for grad school. Griff and I are working in the real adult world, so we're going to switch it up. It's going to be more of a laid-back kind of podcast until we uh, we start recording video. So. Guys, let's let's get fucking into it. Uh, let's kick it off. Let's hit with the NBA to start season five. You know, obviously over the summer and, and still a couple of weeks into the NBA season, I think the, the biggest drama thus far has been Ben Simmons. Um, there has been so much going around in Philadelphia uh, with whether it's his mental health, him not wanting to report to the Sixers facilities, not talking to, you know, the Sixers personnel, whatever it may be, there has been shit going on in Philly with Ben Simmons. So, um, first, I guess, um, OC, if you want to kick us off, you know, you're from Philly just like me. As a Sixers fan, how do you feel about this whole situation? You know, honestly, in the beginning, I was I was pretty turned off by Ben Simmons. He was, I thought he was a little bit of a diva, actually a lot, kind of a bitch. When you first started, Rich, Rich Paul was getting involved, saying the Sixers couldn't do anything without Ben Simmons. Then we went 8-2 and two first place in the conference. Uh, obviously, that's changed since with all the injuries and COVID stuff. But um, once I found out that, you know, he claims and then was saying that he's had mental health issues, I felt pretty bad about how people were speaking about him. Right. But, um, but he's been uh, seeing mental health professionals and stuff. And just I feel like once he's back, uh, we can look at it as as an option to trade or see what we can do with the team. For sure. No, I, I, I agree. You know, mental health, uh, just to get on a serious note real quick, it is not something to take lightly. Um, all three of us go through it if we're, if we're being real. So I, I'm with you there. Uh, I'm on Ben Simmons' side with that. But, man, I have not seen someone act like a full-grader drama queen throwing temper tantrum bullshit <laughs> every single day. So, Griff, you're a Knicks fan. I feel bad for you. But, uh, you know, <laughs> being in the Eastern Conference, how do you feel about this whole situation? Uh, feeling good. Uh, it's, watching, it's great watching things uh, blow up in Philly. Uh, look, look like it's in full chaos. Um, but to be honest with the whole Ben thing, um, I feel for him in that sense of things, but I think the large part of to where there's, there's a big problem is the fact that, uh, of, I feel like people's perspective on it is the contract and the fact that he's supposed to be getting paid, whatever, $33 million or so. And it's hard to act like such a little bitch when you have that contract in front of you, when there's people, I don't know, out there dealing with a bunch trying to make ends meet. Um, so like, I feel like that that's the only side of it that I'd like have a 
weird feeling on. And I under listen, I understand though, Philly is definitely a hard place to to play any sport in. Um, oh, yeah. They yep. they'll eat you up and tear you apart. So um and spit you back out. So definitely I can understand and feel that side of things. Um but yeah, it's a it's a weird situation out there. I mean I think that if the if it's all real, then that then good for him. Then good for him for reaching out and seeing other people. But uh, I'm hoping it's all real. I hope this won't end up like a John Wall situation of somebody just falling down the stairs and seeing a, a guy get hurt for two years for n- no reason other than the fact that he just doesn't want to play there. Right. Um, no, I think I think that's a good point. Um... I know you love seeing chaos erupt in Philly. I mean, you guys were finally able to get your first win against the Sixers since what, like 2016? Oh, come on, come on. Yeah, but, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, we're from Philly, fucking Philly. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. The number, the, the numbers don't matter. Like, okay, so this was this has always been a thing. It's like people always were making fun of the Knicks and such, and and and. But like, listen, I I saw you guys trust in the process and such, and you guys had one of the youngest had the youngest team in the league at one point. And now we do we had the youngest team in the league, whatever two years ago, and now look how things are going. It's all about developing the youth and having a ton of youth all at one time. So and seeing what pans out, it's finding the diamonds in the rough. And I think we found a couple diamonds in the rough with the second round picks that we got. So we'll see what happens going forward. I'm excited for the future. I'm looking for Diamond and Love. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Grand here right there. But um, no, yeah, I think um, I think you're right about you know the Knicks being one of the youngest teams. We'll we'll talk more about the Knicks in episode two once we get to that. But let's get to one of the more entertaining parts about this whole situation is all the wild trades that. Everyone is coming up with whether you know they're Philly biased Instagram accounts, Knicks biased Instagram accounts, Bleacher Report, ESPN, yeah, you know, uh, Philly Sports, Twitter guys, whatever it may be. There have been trades floating around for the past five months. So let's get straight in. I think I think we got it. Let, let's start right from the right from the beginning when Ben Simmons. And the and the Sixers just kind of mutually agreed that maybe it was time to part ways. Uh, Griff, you know, you remember this. Um, one of the only people I said I would trade for, and and now this is being brought up on a daily basis. Um, one of the only people I would trade for is Shea Gilgis Alexander. I said that back in March. He's a uh, he's, a, he's a damn bucket. Right before yeah. he uh, signed his contract extension. I, I mentioned it to you, Griff, that the Sixers should do a sign and trade for Shea. Maybe throw in, you know, two first round picks because Sam Presti loves his damn picks. But that was without a doubt my favorite um, you know, possible trade scenario. And now that's out the door. He's having, you know, the best season of his very young career so far, looking like he'll be an all star without a doubt, and leading a horrendous Thunder team to a surprising start to the season. Um, so I guess let's just start at the very beginning. Um, LC, we hit with you first. So Griff, let's, let's touch in with you. What trade when all of this first started kind of grabbed your attention? 
Um, for me, I, I mean, I think that all of us, for the most part, was were mutually gravitated towards the Dame trade. Um, right. I think that the Dame trade was has been the like. I think that this has definitely been going on longer than five months. I mean, we you can look back on the whole. Simmons was the centerpiece to the Harden deal if if they were to make that deal done last year uh, when Harden won it out um, and got his move to Brooklyn. Um, I think that Simmons would have been the main piece in that, and but they just were not interested in him. Um, so I think that once you step into the next topic of conversation, you you have a big man that is elite in the NBA. He's a top could. Top three center in the in the league right now, if you count Anthony Davis in the center, um, and if not top two, and you're gonna want to pair somebody with that that's not a six foot ten uh, guy that can can't shoot. Right. Um, you need a guy. You need a pair of guy that's gonna that can play the that can space out the floor and move the move the ball around. So at that point, I think the next step was looking at who's the next guy that wants out. And Dame has always seemed like he's the guy that's wanted out and can space the floor. So I think that I'm confused with that deal of what's going on out there, of what Portland's doing, if they're scared they're going to make a mistake. Um, and I think that that's the big thing, that they don't want to look uh, like an absolute fool. Um, and once again in Portland, after seeing the last two things they've big draft mistakes and then now going into something like this and taking on somebody like Ben where you don't know what's what could happen. Um, but I feel sure. like that that's the big trade that I think would I would gravitate towards as as a, somebody from the outside. I think that Dame would be the kind of guy to fill that role, but you'd have to throw the absolute house for Dame. And I, I think that that is definitely something we've has been made clear. Right, and I'm going to respond to that real quick before we hop to UOC. Um, as a Sixers fan, I think you hit it right on the nail towards the end. Of, we have to throw the damn, like, the absolute house towards Portland. And, you know, that's something that I have wanted to stray away from. Um, I'm fine throwing picks and shake Milton, but if you try and get Matisse Thibel or Tyrese Maxey, just shut the fucking door right there. I don't, I don't want anything. I'm not throwing a deal with either of those two guys. Um, we'll, we'll talk more about Tyrese Maxey and the point guard role in, you know, episode two. But that's something that I think the Sixers need to consider right now as well. But, you know, that that's looking further towards the next episode. OC, um, same, same question for you. What trade really grabbed your attention when all of this kicked off? Well, just being on uh, Twitter with all the Barstool Philly, they absolutely love the conspiracies of trades. I'm actually looking at a tweet right now that they sent out this morning, early afternoon, um, about the, the Trailblazers president um, said he's resigning. And, and they were tweeting about, and they just tweeted an edited photo of Dane Lillard in a uh, Sixers jersey. So obviously, still on top of everybody's agenda is just get Dame no matter what. Um, at least that's just a popular opinion. And then yeah. I saw things about um, aim and then realizing that we really have to give probably way too much to get him. Um, people were talking about CJ McCollum, and I was I was like, um, I don't know about that. I don't know how much we, we would need more of like a true point guard score. I mean, he can do that a little bit. 
Um, he's kind of under the shadow of Dame, so he doesn't really have that many opportunities to do that. I saw the Pacers um, idea with uh, Brogdon and Karis LeVert, and I was pretty high on that um, because I feel like seeing those two guys, they can both score. Brogdon's an excellent defender. Um, that was also controversial. People were just like, oh, these guys aren't good enough. It's not worth Ben Simmons. What else would we have to give up? Because it's already two guys. We probably have to give a, a lot just to get those two guys. But um, honestly, I, I can't really think of any others that would even make sense. Like I was mentioning earlier, the Hornets one. Basically, they just give us shitload of draft picks, draft swaps. Uh, James Booknight, Rozier, and Kelly Oubre. And I, I, I don't think that would be worth it. Yeah, not Rozier. Yeah, I see Rozier is basically a, a Seth Curry you can't shoot as well. <laughs> um, I mean, speaking of Seth Curry, holy shit. Yeah. Guy in an all-star caliber season. I mean, he yeah. was our, our late game go-to, but... Whew. No, yeah, yeah. I, I mean... It was Maxi too. Maxi like, if he's... I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about it in episode two, but... <laughs> I don't want to give him up. I just saw another uh, tweet as I'm looking right now. He's uh, he passed Allen Iverson as the youngest Sixers player to have back-to-back 30-point games, which is absurd. I think that he's. I'm sorry. He's. I think he's a guy that's going to be a great player going forward, uh, and so much that you can do with him. And yeah, he could be a major piece to that that team going for the next ten years. Exactly, and that's why I don't want to throw the house along with Ben. I mean, let's be real. Ben is still one of the best defenders in the entire league. I mean, he he honestly should have won Defense Player of the Year last year over Rudy Gobert. That pissed me off. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, he, he can't shoot, but let's be real. He's been shooting more as his career goes on. And, you know, I, I think that might have triggered Chris unless, a little bit. A five eleven Trey Young standing under the bucket and then he doesn't shoot. I guess that's yeah, the yeah, yeah. No, that's, right not, that, that's a nightmare right there. Let's not get into that. Um, yeah, I still have I still have night terrors about that, man. <laughs> I think I think that the the biggest Ben Simmons issue at this like one of the biggest issues that I've consistently said is he's not a point guard. He's, he's point just guard. Like, everybody wants to run him as a point guard, but you can't run it. Like, maybe you can run him as a point guard in 1990, and it's and it's OP, and he's right. he is Magic Johnson, like, I had him, like, in at the same time. But, like, he just doesn't have a jump shot, and you can't do that, I don't think, and run a point guard in that way and have him control the ball as much. And that's why I feel like, Maxi with him, I feel like would be a great move, and just tell Simmons, listen, you're you're getting your contract, you're getting paid. We don't need you to be the guy of of to deal the ball and move the rock and get ten, get eight, six, and six every every game. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can so or eight, eight, and eight, eight, and eight. We could get like try to utilize him in a way that it sounds it sounds messed up to say this. But almost in the way of how Draymond Green acts on, on the Warriors, for sure, for and sure. Almost uh, like 
but like obviously completely different games, but like still they're both defensive pieces where their main role is to support and not be the sh- primary source of scoring. And that's where, and that's where a lot of you know today's comparisons have gone is Ben Simmons and Draymond Green. Um, and I think you know I you got to run kind of what you were talking about, Griff. You got you can't run Ben Simmons as a point guard if he's not going to shoot. You're running him as a point forward with you know the best center in the league in Joel Embiid also underneath the basket in today's game where it's five out shoot behind the arc. That's how we're going to play the play the game. Um, yeah. so no, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, how the rest of this plays out. If he gets dealt before the trade deadline, or if this is just going to be a season thing where yeah. he's on the roster, but he's not playing at all. Um, so now the other uh, thing with the, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, go with the Draymond and uh, Ben comparison. I feel like having them in that similar role to what Draymond does as they're both like insane defenders, you know, Draymond can get physical inside. But I feel like until Ben develops his game more, if he's going to be on this team, until he develops his offensive game in terms of scoring and attacking the basket, that's what his role is going to be, and that's what we're going to have to put him at. Because we can't have sure. him taking up Seth Curry and Tyrese Maxey's shots and not allowing uh, Embiid to get open, you know, do his thing. Sure. He's going to have to – his role is going to be changed dramatically, I think, once he comes back, if he does. I mean, the con- the contract was also just way too big for like way too big, way too early. Everybody was yeah, getting their hopes up for for the fact that for a dude that didn't have a jump shot and was running point guard. Yeah, it doesn't give much incentive for him to really improve because he's like, I'm getting paid. He's like, if I I might get traded, I might not, but I'm getting thirty three million a year. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I was it a was it a max was it a max contract? I believe so. The max rookie extension, so five years. I think at the at the end of the contract, he's making thirty seven million. So I mean, that's a that's a fat contract. Um, yeah, I mean, um, I mean, uh, three four years ago, people were calling him. You know, especially a lot of Philly fans. Three four five years ago, he was you know next LeBron and people Magic Johnson. I remember we we were genuinely saying he was the next LeBron James. And that's yeah. because he was flashy. Was point forward, he was yeah. Point forward. He the basket. We never saw him shoot, though. And no. I think that's where we all kind of jump shit. That's where, Le- I mean, LeBron's LeBron. You, you can't really just, it's hard to start saying, like, compare people to him. But that's why it, when he's in the point forward position, when he's running a point guard, he's more of a point guard in the sense that he's a threat to at least score from outside 12 feet. So he yep. and that way they can still spread the ball. If it's Ben Simmons running the point guard, you know whoever's guarding him, say we're playing the Warriors, it's Draymond guarding. He's gonna be staying at the free throw line when Ben Simmons is three feet outside. He knows he's not gonna do anything. You saw that in how many games last season? In the playoffs, like too. every game. In the playoffs yeah. too. That's what I'm saying. You had John Collins against the Hawks. You had John Collins just like basically playing help defense when his man has the ball. Yeah, no, exactly. All right, well, let's, like uh, exactly let's talk about the finals. Eastern Conference Finals, sorry. Yeah, and I mean, you, you look at Ben and then Giannis, the difference is, you know, Giannis is still working on his jump shot. I think we can all agree on that. 
but he's not afraid to shoot the damn ball. He will shoot and shoot and yeah. shoot. And shot, he doesn't shoot. So, I mean, it, it'll be interesting um, to see what happens. So let, let's talk about what may happen. Let's talk about um, what you think a deal could be done. So, Griff, kick us off. Are the Sixers doing Ben Simmons anytime soon? Um, I think that they need to get him out of there because it's just this is massive, just drama. Um, but I feel like this is it's obviously different sports in different situations by a mile, not comparing at all. But I feel like it's similar to the Deshaun Watson case in the same in the sense of you have a player that's really good, but you're also have a lot of stuff a lot of question marks surrounding him of just like what's going to happen going forward and you have the team that has him asking for way too much for what their value is in my opinion um i've been saying it i've been saying this for a couple years now that i thought that that the ben, ben simmons should have been blown up way earlier in this time at philadelphia i think that like within a year or two of of him winning rookie of the year, I would have been like, all right, this is not going to be a guy going for like a year after rookie of the year. Like it was like, okay, let's, I think it's time to start moving pieces because this is not going to be a guy that can win a championship. Um, <laughs> and I think that the guys that I would be looking for, um, I like the idea of blowing it up and creating a whole new setup with the young guys that you guys have. Um, I think Maxi, Tease, and even Shake to some degree are fucking phenomenal, and um, and that you can do some major things around them. And I think that if you could fill in, I don't mind the idea of going for CJ, and I like the idea of the Karis LeVert trade as well. Um, if you were able to do something around CJ McCollum, I feel like, um bringing in a guy it's he's who's also been thrown around in trade rumors um but bringing in another facilitator i was thinking more so pat bev um because i've seen a few trade rumors of pat bev going now to philly um but somebody like pat bev with cj i think could be interesting something that a three-team trade where you send ben to uh portland could be interesting where you send back uh cj and they send uh, somebody out to um, – I'm not even sure – just to get another point guard that can facilitate the ball and sort of teach uh, Maxi how to be the guy. I mean, I feel like the Knicks right now where I'm – for the first time in years, I'm real excited because we have three of our best point guards of the last 25 years on the same roster. Yeah. Um, and you've got, you've got who's it called? I feel like you've got Kemba and D Rose training quickly to become the next guy, and I'm real happy to see what we're doing there. Um, and you have Julius Randall teaching Obi Toppin, and I feel like they're you getting these so, teaching so roles. You should try and get an older guy so we can teach Reese and Shake. Correct, and I think that. I don't think that Simmons is going to be the guy to be teaching like anybody on your roster, anything um, other than defense. And it's, yeah, right. okay. um, 
And it's like, but also like him, him teaching defense at a, as sick as a six ten point guard isn't going to do a lot of damage to somebody like CJ McCollum, who's a six three shooting guard. CJ's not going to learn a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm just pointing out like height, like being a six ten point guard makes you really good at defense in a lot of ways. I'm just going to put that out there too. For sure. Definitely. I was see who are you trying to get in a Ben Simmons trade? Honestly, I, I was thinking about that. What you were saying, Griffin, with CJ, it's just, it's tough because, I mean, he's been the shadow of Dame. So, I like, he would be a facilitator too. But if he comes to Philly, people would be relying on him immediately to score, just score oh, the ball. And, like, and he can do that, but he's, it would take, I feel like it would take a little bit of time for him to get adjusted to be like, I'm the guy here. I'm the guy here. But then we're going to have Tyrese Maxey. I think it would just take time. It wouldn't be an immediate change with uh, having those two guys on the floor. But um, also, Simmons, if and McCollum, like the defense-wise, you know, the 6'10 guy is, he's, with his athleticism too, it's just, it can make it easier. And CJ, he has, he has to learn. Um, Ben can move from big man to point guard with ease. You know, he can move from the center. He can go one through five on defense. A guy I want to see probably, I'm just, I really like that uh, Brogdon, LaVert. I don't think that's even close to being on the table anymore. There's a lot of trades that are probably just gone, in my opinion. Um, that just because of, I think the value has gone down by the month, by the week, honestly, with him. And I was seeing something about Daryl Morey and, um, what he's trying to do and talks with, I guess, uh, Rich Paul and other people involved with Ben Simmons' cam is that he's just going to be – I think he said something about playing the long game with him. And I'm like, that's just going to kill the value of any trade. Or more, it's just like, all right, well, we're going to keep playing around with it, see what happens. And by, think, by the week, uh, the value's going down. I think that's fair, but at the same time, I'm kind of a fan of playing the long game with Simmons because, I mean, what you – Every every game he's missing, he's missing out on three hundred fifty thousand dollars. I mean, that damn! I wish I yeah. could make that. Like, come on, not, you're not just gonna throw that shit away. Um, I think we're all bl- happy about watching him uh, play the long game. To be honest, in the waiting game, I think I think it's the best way to get Ben Simmons back. Which let, let's be straightforward: getting him back on the court gets a trade done faster. That's true. Uh, yeah, and you know what you were, oh, see you you talked about about it. Griff touched on it with you know CJ McCollum coming in and everyone expecting him to shoot right away. Let, let's look at the Sixers team first. Seth Curry is playing out of his mind. Um, yep. we we haven't had Tobias Harris almost for what we've only had him for like three games this year because of health and safety protocols. Uh, Tyrese is lighting it up. He's averaging like 22. So y- you yeah. have guys that can score. So I, I don't, and I don't want to slow that down. I think Tyrese Maxey yeah. getting the starting role right now is the best thing for him, uh, which is why I'm fine playing the long run game with Ben Simmons. But I don't want to have someone come in that's like, all right, I'm about to be, you know, the main scorer on this team whenever. Yeah. Joe is out, or Joe is hurt, or whatever it may be, which is why I'm fine with not going for CJ. I also, I also want to focus on defense 
because Danny Green has one year left in his deal, and right now he's the best defensive guy on our team other than Teese, and Teese isn't a starter. Danny Green is. So I want to bring yeah, someone in. I, I want to bring someone in that can replace Danny Green in that starting lineup. And, yeah. I mean, as, as crazy as, you know, the reports have been, but Ben Simmons for Jalen Brown, huge fan. I love that, dude. Yeah. Jalen Brown will create space. He's another scoring threat, but he's incredible on defense. I think it shakes up the team chemistry. It lets our young guys in uh, Tyrese run. It lets Seth continuing playing at an all-star level. Toby comes back. He plays the four. You're basically playing four out with you know Embiid in the paint. That yeah. offense to me just sounds scary right there. Tyrese's defense is getting better. So as crazy as that trade sounds, I would love to get that done. I'm worried how much we may have to throw um, because that would be an absolute steal. I think everyone can agree. Uh, Griff and I, you, well, we talked about it for like 45 minutes the other day. That would be a steal of a trade. Um, yeah. And Daryl Morey is just playing mind games with every team possible. I would love Jalen Brown. Uh, I think that would be really interesting. Question, yeah, yeah. Um, Playing the long game with Ben Simmons, and I mean, obviously we're not full health right now, but we were, you know, pretty close to full health. We were at first place in the conference, but once everybody's back in beat and, you know, Harris, they were dealing with the COVID symptoms and then the health and safety protocols. Um, Maxi and Curry, they're just getting, seem to be getting better by the game. That's becoming more of a, being more aggressive. Um, if they continue to do really well without Simmons, playing the long game with Simmons until he comes back, I guess. Would that could that be that could probably be bad, honestly, with if we want to get rid of him. And because then he jumps back in whenever he does, it could really mess up the chemistry that the guys are building right now. That's I think that's the issue. It could run it could ruin chemistry if he comes back and starts playing it whenever, you know, in December or January or whatever. Um or if he's trading people realizing, oh the Sixers they don't they don't really need him. Like what's going on? That's the thing. I don't even know if we would play Simmons ever again in the Sixers uniform. Yeah, it's, it's a weird situation. Yes, he fucked up tremendously against Atlanta. That playoff series will always yeah. be the worst of all time. But everyone still knows his value. He's a top five defender in the league. He's a 6'10 point guard who can run down the floor in a matter of seconds. So I think everyone still needs to be realistic at how good the guy is. And he's been working mm-hmm. on a shot, apparently. I mean, you're not yeah. going to be able to believe that until practice. So maybe it's, it's a thing where you just release video from, you know, training practice or who knows. But um, yeah, I, I don't want to see any more workout videos of him running L.A. fitness dudes and pulling up from high school three-point lines. You know, like, let me see some in-game shit. Stop pulling up at LA Fitness. Let me see you pull up from three against. Whoever. He's working with that uh, one trainer. I think it's uh, Chris Brickley. Uh, he's yeah. known for having those uh, sessions at I think Lifetime or whatever with all those NBA pros. If he's doing it in those kind of sessions, even with got G League guys and stuff, then I'll start to believe it. But for some reason, everybody goes into, into Brick. For some reason, everybody goes into Brickley's. Uh, Gym and just start shooting ninety five percent from half court. <laughs> so, I don't know. So it makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> I 
I, 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 you, got Russ, you got Russ going eight for eight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We talked He's about a good editor. You got Carmelo hitting 25 threes in a row. Yeah. We talked hey. about um, – we talked about Simmons being out and Maxi being able to run the point guard. Let's talk more point guard stuff. Kyrie. Let's move on to Kyrie Irving. You know, obviously, um, unvaccinated, hasn't been able to play in Brooklyn and hasn't played all season, period. So um, I, I guess I kind of want to touch on what does Brooklyn do here? Do you get rid of Kyrie or do you try and, you know, implement him into the team during away games, but home games that that's going to mess up your chemistry. What do you guys do with Kyrie Griff? Kick us off. Um, the Kyrie situation is weird by like to so many different degrees because, um, the only reason like, Kyrie's a player uh, where if you look at his performance, his output, and what he's done for the team and what he's done for the Brooklyn Nets, after watching him in the playoffs and watching what they were dealing with and just his off-the-court commotion and everything, and nothing's changed from him being in Boston. The only thing that's that's changed is I still can imagine the video of Kyrie Irving going to uh, Kevin Durant during All-Star break because I thought it was the New York Knicks yeah, going, going to going him in yeah. the tunnel and looking at him and audibly audibly saying two max slots, two two teams, there's two or two guys because we knew that there was going to be two guys. So I feel like Kyrie has led this charge of bringing Kyrie and KD together, and KD likes Kyrie a lot. And like it's weird to say this, but KD's almost like the like the like wingman that isn't like. It's weird. KD just feels like a wingman in the, in this duo, even though he's by a mile better. Like I'm not I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. He's mentioned he's better. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying that at all. KD is miles better, but I feel like Kyrie feels like the big dog in that combo. Like like I feel like if you go into a conversation with KD and Kyrie, Kyrie's running the show, and KD's like, "Yeah, I'm, this is my boy. Like this, this is Kyrie." Like it's, I don't know. It's yeah. so I feel like with Russ and KD too. Yeah, if you don't look like, so I don't think that you can trade Kyrie and keep KD and keep him happy. Like he's, you can't. Bl- so I, I don't think that there's going to be any movement with him. Right. Um, I don't think you can play him in these away games. I think the concept of not of keeping him off the team in general makes things way better. Um, in terms of what's going on with like the whole team chemistry, exactly. you're, you're, you're running complete different game plans every game. So exactly. there's no reason to switch that up. Um, and I feel like they're just stuck in a standstill. So like at this point, it's just really hoping that this new um, political person, I don't know, I think it's mayor in New York, um, changes things around for uh, the public officials. Cause that's really the only thing that's going to hold on or him just getting a vaccine. So thoughts. But I see. Um no I, as I was thinking about when you were talking about Griffin is that the uh AD being a wingman, that is just hundred percent accurate. I don't know I can't really put a finger on why it makes sense, it just does. 
um, because you know he against the Bucks he was you know he couldn't miss he was scoring from everywhere and the thought was you know James Harden you know he's fat as shit he, he's like he doesn't care doesn't seem like he does then you're just like oh he just and Kyrie was there Kyrie was there Kyrie and it's just like as soon as he left Cleveland like he kind of wants to leave Cleveland because he wants to be his own he wants to be the guy. And he's just said that it just seems to be the narrative with him over and over and over again, which is why I think he's seen as a wingman, even though he'll put up 50 with his eyes closed. Um, but I mean, I think when Kyrie, there's there's no convincing him to get the vaccine. I think it's basically a political thing now, whether he plays or not. Um, he seems so set in his ways. He's kind of become a little bit of a, a diva since leaving Cleveland. Apparently, uh, I don't remember what the sources were, but uh, he wasn't seen as the best teammate in uh, Boston. Um, probably for that reason, wanting to be be the guy, even with Tatum and Brown around or coming in. But um, I think the Nets are just, they just have so much talent, but there's only one sticking point. It's Kevin Durant. The other two, James Harden can't seem to get in shape. And then he's, you know, all these bullshit foul calls he's trying to get. Now he's scoring like 15 points a game compared to averaging almost 30. No problem. Right. Um, they have a lot of problems to deal with just like internally. With One of them doesn't even have to do with basketball. And that's a whole other story. So I think that's a long process. Uh, Kyrie, I don't, even, I don't even know what to say about him. He just... <laughs> There's not much you can do at this point. He's just got to make up his mind, I guess. Yeah, the whole, um, you know, if I, I want to agree with you with the whole chemistry thing, running two whole different schemes, there's no point in doing that. Kitty's playing, excuse me, Kitty's playing at an MVP caliber this year, and he's not slowing down. He is the number one guy. James Harden has, t- has taken a step back since the refs have tried to make the game better, but in my opinion, kind of at the same time ruined it. I think that's another conversation we could have in a future episode. Um, but at this point, yeah. I think I think it's fair to say this is KD's team. You know, KD's late in his career. Uh, he's still got a couple years left on his deal. I think you straight up ask, yo, Kev, who do you want to play with? And the Nets... Try and get Kyrie out of there. I mean that that is a max deal. If you can you can bring in role players and let KD run the show, or you can bring in another star. Um, I just so think, I think that would be hard though, because of the guys they already have. Some stars might be like, it's not working out there. Do I really want to go over there? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I mean they're not that deep either. Um, I, I mean yeah. obviously the, 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 the minimum was like Griffin and Malarcus Aldridge, but. I mean, Nichols Claxton, yeah, he's great, but... Um, yeah, he, he can only do so much. I that pissed me off, too, but... I, I, as, a I, New York, I, as a New York Knicks fan, I would personally love to see that trade happen because I think that it would cause absolute chaos um, amongst both teams. Like, it would be great. Brooklyn would, would have zero way to space the floor out. You would, uh, other than just giving KD the ball, it would just be – you just have too many big guys in, in the way. 
there's no way that Ben Simmons and KD can operate on the same court. Like it's it's about forty percent of the court, uh, right there. And then yeah, oh yeah, Kyrie, I totally- And then send Kyrie to to Philly. Uh, just send his problem somewhere else. I'm okay with that. Like, I think that's I think that's something that isn't talked about often. He is a locker room cancer. Look at what happened in Boston. LeBron, Look at what happened yeah. back in Cleveland with LeBron. He is a locker room cancer. And no, I totally I totally agree. I think the Ben Simmons trade rumors that everyone's been coming up with is probably they're probably the worst scenarios out of any of the scenarios I've seen so far. I they're, they're bullshit. There's no, there's no point that either team says yes for that deal. Kyrie wouldn't survive in Philly, man. He would not. No, he wouldn't. I don't, think, I don't think Philly people won. I don't know. I Kyrie's know. ego is, is way bigger than, I feel like, the city of Philly. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it always comes back to the city of Philly, yeah. Yeah. Hey, folks, thanks so much for listening to the first episode of Season 5 of the Sports Talk Show. So great to be back on the mic. I'm your host, Colin Spiker. Griff OC, thanks for joining me today, gents. Looking forward Thank to uh, another episode with you guys. But for now, folks, thanks so much for listening. We, uh, we'll talk to you soon. And again, do you agree?